What's up, everyone? Welcome to my corner of the internet. I'm your host, Ryan Kramer, and this is Crossover Commerce, presented by Ping Pong Payments, the leading global payments provider helping sellers keep more of their hard-earned money. Each episode on here will feature leaders in the digital space to help entrepreneurs grow their knowledge and understanding of the Amazon and e-commerce world. Let's get started. What's up, everyone? Happy Friday. This is Crossover Commerce, and I'm your host, Ryan Kramer. Welcome to episode 61. I'm super excited today. Gosh, let's learn how to speak today already. Uh, I'm super excited today to have on a really special panel today. Um, I reached out to an event corner, Danny McMillan, uh, Branding by Woman, and that's kind of, I said, Danny, how can I help? How can I bring more messages about this awesome event? Branded by Women, which we'll, of course, get into. Um, How can I bring this to my audience? How can we talk about Amazon in general? And just women who are crushing it. That's my stipulation for you is I need to have people who are crushing it, who are doing fantastic stuff in the space. We're going to talk about really great stuff on Amazon. Who do you have for me? And he goes, Ryan, here's four people. Boom. And he put them into my uh, message box. And here we are today. So I'm really excited about picking the brain of each of these individual women. Again, this is the first time we're doing a panel roundtable discussion. So if you are watching us live on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, or Twitter, welcome. If this is your first time, go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube uh, or Facebook channels, and you'll be notified of future episodes of Crossover Commerce. Or if you happen to listen to this at a different time, your team uh, replay, and you want to watch this later, go ahead and check us out on YouTube. Just search Ping Pong Payments, and we have our own playlist dedicated to that event. Um, because it's a live event, we get to see all your beautiful questions and your comments. If you have thoughts, just want to say hi, drop those in the comment section below. Even if you are downloading this at a different time, go ahead and let us know what you like. Again, we're on Apple, Spotify, uh, Google podcasts, um, Amazon music, wherever you can download your podcast. That's where we're at. So just search crossover commerce today. Without further ado, let me go ahead and bring in our amazing women. We'll do a quick roundtable discussion in terms of like introductions, and then we'll just get started and go from there. So let me go ahead and bring each of them in. Look at that. Boom. You're already there. Let me unmute you all. Boom, 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 boom. We have Christina Mertens from Saramundo, Destiny Wishon from Better AMS. We have Daniela from Mindful Goods and Stephanie from, you have your own brand and I don't even have it on my list right now. So we're going to we're gonna kick it off with Stephanie, actually, real quick. Stephanie, welcome to the show. Welcome, everyone, to the show on Crossover Commerce. Thanks for joining us today. Hi, everybody. I'm Stephanie. I have a couple of brands, one on Amazon, one for brick and mortar. Uh, my Amazon business is called Perniva. It is um, aromatherapy goods to stress less. It's kind of, it was founded in 2020 for obvious reasons. Um, I've been selling on Amazon since 2018. Um, before that, I was a product development and brand strategy for CPG and beauty brands. And I still do that contract work once in a while. Um, and then before that, I was a hairdresser for like 15 years. Um, yeah, I my biggest focus is mindset, productivity. Um, my Branded by Women next week is all about productivity flow and getting into a flow state. and um, that's about it about me. Excited to be here. Thank you, Ryan, for having me. And I appreciate it. That's all. We could all use less stress in your life. So you pick the greatest, like find the, find the <laughs> micro niche, well, which isn't even micro anymore. Right. Let's talk, let's talk about a huge right. niche and like, let's uh, find a product that solves it. So that's awesome. We can definitely talk, touch on that later. Daniela, let's uh, work with, with you. You're on my bottom 
left. It's like the Brady Bunch over here. Like, when I, <laughs> I look down here, uh, I must be like Marsha or like whoever Peter was. Is Peter the top left? I, I don't even know. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I'm going to look down at you. Uh, welcome to the show sure, today. You're I'm, looking, I'm looking Puerto up Rico, at you. Right? <laughs> look at this. This is fun. Uh, I should say. Uh, you're in Puerto Oh, you said Puerto Rico is where you're from. I'm right? actually in Peru. Peru. Um, there you I'm, go. I'm born and raised in California. I moved to Chicago for seven plus years and now live between Chicago and Peru. Got stuck here with the quarantine. But thankfully, my business, Mindful Goods, is an Amazon agency that is completely remote with a bunch of freelancing females that support brands all remotely. So we did not skip a beat. Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, we we you know, were very well positioned in that sense. So we got lucky. Um, we did have to pivot our business through this. Um, but what I'm going to be chatting about uh, in my talk for Branded by Women is that um, we're going to share some of the insights that we've had in working with 100 plus brands and optimizing their pages and storefronts um, using a tool that uh, I'm an ambassador for called PicFu that I think everyone should be using literally in your personal business, um, but also on Amazon and e-com and uh, we've been using it all over the place. So um, we'll be chatting about that. I also have my own private brand. Um, and so it's gonna be fun to share all of these insights with everyone. Yeah, Anthony Francesco, and I've had both Anthony and Justin Chen on the show uh, as well. Justin gave us like insight for PicFu, he's co-founder, co gave us insight on how he got started. And that story is amazing. If you haven't listened to it, it's, I believe, episode four or five of our podcast that I've released oh, too. Awesome. It's like him getting, his family getting tired of people or asking for an opinion. He goes, maybe I should build something for this. Thus, exactly. the birth So super exactly. cool story. <laughs> but that's exactly. awesome. Thanks for, yeah, thanks for joining today. Destiny, welcome to the show. I know uh, we've had uh, a couple people talk with Ping Pong before, but I've never had you on the show. So uh, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for hosting and having all of us here. For sure. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about your uh, your background and like how you are, where you are today. Yeah. So my name is Destiny Rashawn. I'm co-founder and CEO of Better AMS. We are an Amazon advertising agency. My personal background comes from CPG World. I was managing a lot of their kind of Amazon go-to-market strategy for some of the largest vendors in the space. I ended up, you know, meeting my partner from Panama and kind of trial by fire got thrown into this role. And it's been absolutely insane been here for three years now and my branded by women speech is actually kind of on my transition through the last three years and the titles entrepreneur to entrepreneur uh one of the Ooh. big things that i like kind of came across in entrepreneurship is everyone can be good at one skill set i think the real challenge in scaling your company and your business is your own mindset honestly i think there's a lot of different things that need to kind of be overcame to take your business to the next level so that's my topic awesome that's very good stuff. Yeah, a lot. I think the the common thread that a lot of people will see in this is mindset. We also do marketing, and then I think I think there's one more um, topic that obviously uh, the the whole event touches on. But you guys mainly cover mindset and marketing, so we'll definitely dive into a little bit of that, a little bit of a teaser before people can join in and sign up for the event. So, and last but not least, Christina Mertens from Ceremuno. Uh, Christina is uh, already she's almost done with Friday. She's she's already way ahead of all of us. She's like. Guys, let's go. I, you know, we were talking before this. We're like, are we really drinking coffee out of our coffee? <laughs> <laughs> what is this? What is this? Gonna turn it <laughs> Christina, welcome to the show. 
Uh, thank you so much for hosting this, Ryan. Uh, my name is Christina. I'm the partner and matchmaker at Simando. We're a global intermediary platform where we connect Amazon sellers from all over the world with service providers from all over the world. So basically any service that a seller may need from marketing to logistics, we have it on our platform and yeah, help sellers grow by connecting them with them. And on the Branded by Women Summit, I will talk about networking because that's basically what I do on a daily basis. And this is what helped us grow this amazing network of really good service. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, I appreciate all of you joining us today again for the Branded by Women event. It's actually going to be happening on the 24th, 25th and 26th. Just search and I'll make sure that it goes in the comment section. It's already in the show notes below. But it's 24, 25th, and 26th. It's a virtual event. It's the second time I believe this has happened. It's typically in person. But it's going to be happening, um, I believe, again, next week. It's free to sign up. So if you are, again, correct me if I'm wrong, is this event that has to be, it is only for women by women, correct? For all of you, just a simplistic nod or yes, no? Is there, no? It's for everyone. It's not for women. Yeah, yeah. it's just okay. by women. So, so yeah, I was going to say, what, what, what's the, what's the target audience? Like, I actually what, know a lot of men that are joining. So yeah. <laughs> I think, uh, Danny definitely challenged a lot of us to go a little bit broader this year. Um, so a lot of us that do just have like very precise Amazon knowledge, he was like, no, 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 let's push past that. Like, what else do you know? And I think that's what really helped develop like the mindset segment. Then the mastery segment, I think, was a really kind of differentiated in that this event is truly for any entrepreneur who's really looking at excelling in the space. And then, of course, if you have anything to do with Amazon, there's going to be some value here. So is it it's not live, correct? Or is it all live for for people who want to tune in? It is typically live, but due to COVID, it is now fully recorded. Oh, it's all recorded. Okay. I was going to say like, there's no way that it's going to line up with everyone single, single, like joining in. This is my time slot. And then obviously hopping up. So I, I was, I was just clarifying that. So yeah, these are recorded. I, they have I, think the free, I think the free pass gets you access day of, right. And then the upgraded pass gets you access later and, <laughs> and also gets you access um, to the freebies <laughs> and the awesome stuff that we're going to be giving away. <laughs> <laughs> I love that your cat's joining the conversation. <laughs> and, and, uh, I was going to say our uh, fifth panelist today is Destiny's cat. cat welcome. Uh, my dog might make an appearance, so we'll have a cat and dog uh, kind of show. <laughs> that's awesome. Hey, that's working from home, right? Like I've had my six-year-old son run on camera before, and I was like, please get off. Like, <laughs> Oh, my God. I just asked my husband. I'm like, can you take your snacks into your office? Because my office doesn't have a door, and I don't want to be here in your bags. <laughs> crunching, crunching and hey, that's the beauty of live shows. That's that's what we love to talk about. But uh, so so how uh, this event, obviously, Danny, uh, who, who's doing a fantastic job bringing together and, and showcasing women who are just crushing. I call it women crushing on Amazon. I think that's the best way to do it. Um, don't have to be a seller. You can be a service provider. What's the mix of uh, the women who are speaking on this event? Because it's 40 plus women who are going to be showcasing you know, their expertise is it's both service providers. It is uh, people who have exited their businesses. People are currently selling. How, how are everyone finding each other? Like what's, what's that process like? Does he reach out to you? You have to submit a re application. What, what does that work? Uh, how does that work? I don't know how it works for everyone, but um, 
generally, I feel like most of the women that are part of Branded by Women have a connection to Danny mm -hmm. in some form already, um, where it was just like, hey, are you ready to do this? Or, you know, would you want to or something like that? I don't I don't know if there's an application or not. Um, I don't know if any of you know, but mine was actually it was more just like Pikfu. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so, so Pikfu has the relationship. Okay. Yeah, Pick, I have the relationship with Pikfu. Pikfu has a relationship with Danny. They tapped me yeah. because they uh, I'm an ambassador for them and I have the data to share with all of these women. Okay. Yeah, okay. and I kind of got to give me three subjects. Are you in? And I was like, sure. <laughs> and I had no idea that I had to do like a PowerPoint presentation like all this stuff. And I was like, oh. oh. <laughs> Danny, Danny definitely picked the hardest of the three this year. I submitted like three yeah. topics, two around Amazon advertising, because that's all I speak about. And then my third one was the one he picked. And I was like, oh. <laughs> Same. I was Isn't like it, product uh, development, product curation, yeah. like all this product development stuff that I've been doing for like forever. And he was just like, ooh, let's do productivity film. Like, so you want me to put my thoughts into a present? Great. I was like two weeks late. <laughs> that was a uh, that was pretty. That's pretty typical of everyone else, right? You you put your two. You're like layup, layup, and then you're like, mm -hmm. this is a half court shot. I can probably bring my own like spin on it. I'll have to do a lot of work to make sure I land this one. And then everyone always goes to the third option. It's yeah, without a doubt too. So uh, it's always the same scary. thing with me. Yeah, I was like, I can talk to you about like deals and coupons. I can talk to you about like international expansion, or I can talk about like maybe something else. Or like, let's talk about this really very unique idea that you don't have too much data on, and I want your spin on it. Go, and I was like, God damn it, every time. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, uh, so for for people's backgrounds, so maybe quickly tell us the story. How did how did everyone get to Amazon and being kind of like Amazon being their focus? Is there is there a person or is there an idea or is there an event that led you to either the company that you're at or to start a brand that you are currently selling on Amazon or become a seller in general? Christina, you go. Okay. Actually, my connection to Amazon was and is my best friend uh, because he was a pretty successful Amazon seller himself. And um, he was running his own business. I was still in university. And then at some point, he had the idea for Stemondo because he got screwed over by some service providers a couple of times, one time really bad by a 3PL. Um, and he was like, well, I'm an introvert. You're more of an extrovert. <laughs> so do you want to do like the networking side of the business, connecting with the people, with the sellers, the service providers, and I will do all the technical stuff. And I was like, okay, yeah, sure, let's try it. Uh, I actually never wanted to become an entrepreneur or be self-employed because I had this really uh, secure way of thinking. Like I wanna have my nine to five and just, I don't know, climb up the career ladder and then have my salary and that's it. But at one point I was like, I don't know, man, I'm young. Even if it fails, then I still have so many years. Um, so yeah, that's how I got into the e-commerce and especially Amazon space. And I learned a lot. I met a lot of beautiful, beautiful people along the way and I never regretted it once. Nice. That's awesome. That's a great story. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like the part where I was like, I'm young, if I fail, like screw it. Like, yeah. You know. Like, I mean, that's a mentality I feel like not too many people, I mean, like successful people, I think every person has that, but not everyone can feel that way. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, but, and, and I think even if you're like 30 or 40 or 50, you're still not too old to try something because what's the worst thing that can happen? I mean, obviously, if you have to provide for a family, it's a whole different story. But if you're stuck in a job that you don't love and maybe doesn't pay you well enough for the effort that you put in, then why not risk it and and just try your own business and you will be so fulfilled even by just trying, if, even if you don't become the most successful entrepreneur. That's awesome. I know I'm going to be like 90 creating businesses. Yeah. <laughs> let me let me tell you folks how to sell on Amazon here. And then like, you're that's my old person voice. I don't know why that came out like really Southern, but it did. Uh, here we are. Uh, so yeah, I was going to say like, you're going to be telling people who are like, no, no, Daniela. No, I got this. Like, don't worry. Like, <laughs> right, let me let me tell you. SEO All right, content, Granny. This is how All right, it is. Granny. Yeah. Sit down. Get back in but your in won't, your rocking it won't chair. Be, <laughs> it, won't, it won't be the it won't be the phrase. Okay, boomer. It'll be like something else, right? It'll be something <laughs> right. completely different that none of us. Oh, anyways, God, I just scared myself into thinking I'd be called that. Anyways, uh, Destiny, what what's kind of like what what's kind of like the love story of you and Amazon? Like, how do you get how do you fall in love with it or its services or like, how did you come to become this like service provider that's crushing it right now? Yeah, so I got started um, on the vendor side. I'm based out of Bentonville, Arkansas, so it's the home of Walmart. So the majority of the vendors are kind of in my back door. So just growing up, everything's Walmart here. Like they call people Walmartians. So I <laughs> that no way. Are you? Is that a thing? Is that yeah. an actual thing? I've never heard that. Really, everyone in the area either through vendors that are here or Walmart. So it's your whole life. Like there's 90 Walmarts. I have a museum for the Waltons, like within walking distance of my place. Oh my gosh. Yes. That's, that's amazing and terrifying at the same time. <laughs> Continue. So you were, you were ingrained in retail. From yes. The okay. I was ingrained in retail. And then I was the youngest person at the office. So they were like, Hey, you want to be a digital media media hire? Like, yeah, figure it out. So I got thrown in at like 21, uh, managing some of the largest vendors in the space on Amazon. And it was back in the days where you want to do like the one P three P splits, all your products are being crapped out. So I was dealing with like AMG, AMS, like all of the acronyms across the board. And I happened to watch a global sources presentation of this 20 year old kid in China giving this speech on Amazon ads. I was like, holy crap, this kid's my age doing his own thing. And I went to his website and he was hiring an account executive at the time. And I was like, yeah, this is a scam. And I'm going to be working for a kid <laughs> out of Panama, but we'll see what happens. So I left my agency, took a chance, just like kind of Christina said, you're just going to say F it, honestly. No <laughs> way. It was amazing. And my partner Taylor um, pushed me to basically kind of adapt more of the entrepreneur mindset. And that's where a lot of things took hold. Like I knew the Amazon ad side, but I never wanted to be in front of people or post on LinkedIn or anything like that, but I had to. So I did. And we've just scaled since then. And it's really crazy looking back to kind of your limited beliefs prior to entrepreneurship, because you do want that stability and everything. And then becoming an entrepreneur and realizing that success is literally just like an abundance mentality and just being brave enough to go get anything you want. So that's where I'm at now. And if Amazon failed, I would know nothing but bartending. So. <laughs> well, and, and Destiny, now you're the CEO of the company. Yeah, now you just, you just, yeah, wake up and figure it out. 
That's awesome. No, that's a that's a funny story. If I if Amazon failed, let's call it Amazon failed, I would only know bartending. That's yeah. if anybody if any if Amazon failed, I think like if I had a look at my skills, I'd be like, I know how to sell tickets for like a sporting event, which isn't even happening right now. So I'd be really screwed, everyone. <laughs> so, anyways, uh Daniela, what what's kind of I call it the love story of Amazon. Like that I call that I don't know why this phrase like came out of my mouth today, but <laughs> Here we are. Like, what made you fall in love with like the idea of like e-commerce in general? So I've always been very brand driven. I've always been an entrepreneur. Uh, my background is in marketing for 10 plus years. I had a tech startup before this. And when I exited that company, I was trying to think of what I personally wanted to do. And I was very driven to create a brand, although I knew a little bit about a lot of marketing in different areas. I didn't specify in one area. So I wanted to specify in e-com, which is still so broad, right? Um, and around that time, um, Amazon purchased Whole Foods and I'm very blessed. My family has a CPG company. So I asked if I could help um, get their products onto Amazon for you know $50 million business. And I had to learn so much so fast. And I started thinking, you know, if this is this hard for me and I have 10 plus years of marketing experience, how are like solo entrepreneurs and smaller branded teams like figuring this stuff out? Um, and so I started offering my services to friends in my network in Chicago that I knew who had, you know, different product based companies. And, you know, it kind of took off from there. I feel like there's so many people out there that, um, don't specialize in all of these little tiny things that need to happen on Amazon. And so we just figured out a way to make it easy for them. That's awesome. That, that's such a cool story. I know you and I, you told that story and I, I still, I get chills anytime I hear someone's like story, like this is weird. Like no one's different or everyone is different. No one's the same. And however you get there, I always say, this is the weird story of how I got to Amazon or how I am today. You're like, yeah, get in line. Like no one's like, oh yeah. Like I went to school because I was going to sell on Amazon. And like, I got a degree <laughs> in selling on Amazon. Like, no, that's not re like le legitimate. Like people either got laid off or they're like, I can't handle this anymore. It was like, it's almost like a point in your life. You're like, here's the pivot. And then here's the major right. pivot. It's like, it's like reading your, or writing your own story and you get to play it back to people. And I just, I love that kind of stuff. That's, that's awesome that you get to share that. And congratulations. Yeah. Success Thank you. I'll, I'll add one thing. I think people love to hate on Amazon when they're not in the space. And that's the challenge for all of us, right? Um, but the way that I see it is the people who are on Amazon, it's like a 50-50 split right now. The, the brands that we're servicing are, are our neighbors. They're the people who are like us, who don't want to work in a nine to five. And they see a possibility. They see a dream of, I have this idea for a product and I really believe it should be in the world for these reasons. And how do I make that happen? And so they reach out to people like us um, or, or even people like Stephanie who are doing it and they see that their friend is doing it. And how do I transition my life into that? You know? And so that's kind of the, the piece that I get to see every day that I wish other people would get to see as well. Great. I, so I think, that, yeah, I'll oh, go ahead, Destiny. Oh, no. I was just going to say, it's so funny too, because retail has been around, you know, for a really long time. Walmart's been around for 50 years. Amazon's still so new and up and coming and Amazon's whole like go to market focus was making it a platform for anyone and everyone. Walmart was very specific with the vendors they were letting in, things like that. But Amazon was like, no, I want anyone to sell. So people don't understand it. Like sometimes I think it's like people I went to school with and stuff. It's like, I'm not an MLM. Like this is a legitimate business that anyone could technically right. start and it takes capital and a lot of mind shift changes and like 
work, but it's just so crazy because no one still fully understands it unless you're in the circle. And that's why I think this circle and these events have become so powerful and networking has become powerful because it's still such a limited industry compared to anything else. Like it's changing faster than anything else and it's new. So it's really cool. Yeah. And that's the thing. Um, I, I, I still listen to the radio in the morning and I start and I hear people talking about like, you know, just different blips. When I take my son to school, um, he like the comments that come from like radio DJ's mouth, for example, like, you know, nothing. They're just looking at headlines and then throwing it out there, put their own spin on it. And one of them was in the car that got me super fired up. And I went on a podcast and I want to rant on uh uh, two, uh, two sellers and a microphone over at, uh, Solozo. <laughs> this is th that same day. And I go, guys, I heard of this radio ad and it pissed me off. And this is what happened. He said something like, uh, Amazon, it's like Amazon is taking over main street or something like that. And he goes, that's right. I, I go, I go out of my way to buy in retail and buy from individual sellers. And it was, if you took out retail, it was the exact same thing for small business owners on Amazon. And I go, this is, for lack of a word, shit, because people are not educated. They think it's Jeff Bezos going out there selling on a platform, and then he gets all the money. That's not true, as much as we want to say. Like, there's a lot of the fees that go to Jeff Bezos, like, and, and send, like, the the new CEO. But, you know, there, there are people who are thriving. Like, like, again, Stephanie, like yourself, you are a small business owner. You are a, well, I say small. You're a big business owner, but you are a person who's, <laughs> Who's funding your I mean, lifestyle? I guess through it. that depends on who you ask. Well, I'm I'm gonna call it big because <laughs> well, so here here here's the definition of big. You took uh, money you're investing into a business, like a business. You are using your own capital to invest in it. You might have funders. You have partners. You have employees. You have other people who are relying on your business to, you know, do their own services. So you, by definition, are a business owner. So why can't other people understand that that is a marketplace in general as if well, you took your goods and, and, and yeah, go ahead. No, it's a mindset thing. It's, you know, it's not a real job. Like my whole life is not a real job. Like, oh, you're a hairdresser. It's not a real, go get a real job. Oh, you sell stuff on Amazon. It's not a real job. Like people <laughs> don't take what we do as a real job. They just consider it some kind of like hobby or nonsense. And they don't really understand all of the strategies and all of the stress and all of the money that really goes into it. Like, unless you're in it, you just don't get it. Yeah. And it's, it's not anyone's fault really, but it's like Destiny said, it's just too new. Like people just don't understand. They're still like wrapped around the brick and mortar. You know, you open a business and there's a storefront and you do all these things, like that's a business but everything else isn't in the mindset of most people yet. Mm. Yeah, so, that's good. Just but how did you make the transition from hairdresser to business owner? On, yeah. on, I mean, because oh, you were, I mean, being oh, yeah. hairdresser okay. still a business owner, but in a different way, right? So how did you make that transition from so, like in real life to digital? And your hair still looks awesome. So <laughs> I just washed it this morning. Thank you, Ryan. Um, <laughs> I, I, I so, am to please everyone. I am to please. <laughs> I've never really been good at sitting down, being told what to do, and being micromanaged. So obviously, like an artistic approach is how I started my life. Like hairdressing, I was just like the freedom of thinking and doing and action and. I didn't really know what I wanted to do in life. I was not great in school in my later years. Like I was a rebel and I 
you know, sang in a rock band and there was nothing but trouble. So I was like, oh, I'm going to go to hair school because I want to do cool makeup for like Star Trek and stuff. Like that sounds really that fun. That sounds awesome. Wasn't it? I'm like, I want to do crazy makeup. And then I ended up going to beauty school and then moving to Atlanta from Detroit. And I got picked up by L'Oreal Professional to be an educator um, within like the first few months of living here. So for like six and a half, seven years, I traveled around nationally and I educated um, on hair color specifically, chemistry, things of that nature. I always tested new products before they like went to market, you know, being part of the team and all this stuff. And then I ended up getting hired for a startup beauty company in Atlanta to be their director of education. And the product development manager, director, whoever, uh, got fired like within a couple months. And I was like, oh my God, like I just dropped everything I've always done to start with this business. If there's no product development, there's no education. So I kind of just took it and like figured it out. And then I realized like the CEO of that company was like, not that smart. And anything he could do, I could definitely do. And I learned all about sourcing and logistics and everything that goes into product development. I got obsessed. So then I started like really doing that. And I got let go from that place at one point or another. And my husband was like, I heard of this thing called like amazing selling machine. And I'm like, that sounds ridiculous. And <laughs> I <laughs> and I was totally unemployed, like whatever. And so he was just like, yeah, it's like blah, blah, blah. And it's this and it's that. It's amazing. And I was like, I'm going to look for crappy reviews anywhere to find one person to tell me I shouldn't do it. And I couldn't find it anywhere. So at like midnight, you know, they were like closing the doors or whatever to make it seem like you got to get in now or it's never going to happen. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, fuck it. I'm sorry, I don't know if I can swear on this show. Damn, you can. Uh, hey guys, th this is mar this is marked on YouTube as not suitable for children. So, curse all you. Christina will spill her coffee. This, this is this like, is the this is for mature audiences only, everyone. So, if we if we get if we get, if we get banned from YouTube because of that, I, I won't. I'll be fine. We'll find another way. That's all good. So. I asked my Amex to come here and I was like, whatever, we're doing it. And like five grand, I was like, what am I even doing? I don't even have five grand. So I go through ASM and I was like, yeah, launched my first product. I killed it with one product. And I was like, oh my God, now I need to build a brand. Now that I know what I'm doing, I'm going to do all these things. So then it went into all this effort and out came Praniva and it was super fun. And I was just like, yes. So that was the journey. And I'm not going to say that I'm in love with Amazon because I mean, I'm literally right. banned for most of my products right now because of pesticides, like everybody else. So they're not my friend at the moment, but yeah. I was going to say, it's journey. a love hate relationship. I'll never right? go like back. Any, it's any your relationship. Product, your product yeah. doesn't have pesticides in it, does it? Oh, it's not even close. No. I just didn't want everyone to think that your product has pesticides <laughs> if they're listening. Oh, no, no, no. I think it's a, it was... I think, it, yeah, it's a joke, everyone, <laughs> for uh, Amazon will ban you for the silliest of things, like uh, in your keywords yeah. or anything like that. I've heard stories left and right of. Like, I was referring oh, yeah. to a zipper that like blocks germs and dust from getting into the product. And they were like, oh, it's a pesticide device. I'm like, oh. Sounds, it's a, a sounds about right. That makes sense. I, I draw those points yeah. A to B and that pesticide. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> obviously. Exactly. So, uh, so when it comes to like e-commerce, obviously, uh, 
do you find so all those are fantastic stories by the way and uh, i just want to give a shout out to everyone who's like kind of tuning in real quick uh, on linkedin so everyone's like hey very good issue like good morning all uh happy friday happy friday from elizabeth you know good morning happy friday don't Oh, I thought it said happy Friday to dot 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 to one of you. I was like, ooh, this is like this is this is this is interesting. <laughs> so every one of you, let me read actually. Right, so I was like, hello, <laughs> like what's going on? <laughs> I was like, got admirers coming in from LinkedIn, coming in hot. All right, and then uh, back to you, hello, ladies, hi, Ryan. Uh, what a panel. Uh, we appreciate that. So hi everyone who's again watching on social media. Again, if you like what you hear, go ahead and give us a like or share this content because this stuff is. Uh, it, it's already stuff that I'm taking notes on and I love hearing these stories. So continue to like and share this content with your social media or if you're listening to this on download, give us, you know, a favorable rating, please. <laughs> no, we don't want to be banned from Amazon or, or like Amazon Music for anything or whatnot. But anyways, uh, so what, what, what's uh, so when you guys kind of like you've naturally become like this face of your brand. Like I thought that was something like mentality wise, like uh, Christina, you mentioned, you mentioned something like, Hey, you're like very talkative. Like your partner was like, Hey, you can be a face of this company. What is that moment like for you when someone's like, I trust you with the business that we're building, be that for us. And we trust your vision for us. Um, I was super scared. I still am actually. I mean, now I'm more experienced because, uh, as Ryan knows, uh, I also host our own podcast. So I get more comfortable, like with public speaking and also speaking about topics that I don't know shit about. Right. So, so yeah. So now I'm, I, I feel more comfortable, <laughs> like re representing Sermondo and, uh, going out there. But I know that it's super hard. And I mean, even, I mean, I'm an extrovert and I love connecting with people and I'm really talkative. So I can only imagine how hard it is for women who are not used to like are being so outgoing. For example, I read this great post by uh, Emma Sherma. I think some of you know her. Um, she's amazing. And she just posted today um, that she has always to challenge herself when she goes on to podcasts and summits and events like this. And yeah, I just take women like her as my role models and then just try to do the same and just, I don't know, just jump over my boundaries. Do you, th do you think it's like, so here, I'll, I'll, I'll ask the question. Do you think it's more difficult in this mindset for people to trust, is even in e-commerce, to trust women with it versus men? Because I, I think like part of this whole, the reason why I asked that is because this whole thing is to really shine a light on what like amazing people are doing, not just men, but also women. And women need to get obviously the same credit. I think it's just like a very big issue. Do you think it's tougher for people to like look to, for example, a woman and say like, yeah, you're the face of our business instead of like going to a counterpart or anything like that? Is that- I've, I've seen that, the opposite. I've seen- You've seen the opposite? I've seen the opposite. I see. I think a lot of our clients who are women come to us because they don't trust the men in the space. And <laughs> right. They, I, I, guess, they I guess what I'm saying is like, see themselves <laughs> when they see when they see me on a podcast, they see themselves a little bit and they can identify with that and it builds trust, you know? So I right. feel like we all attract certain sets of people, you know, every single one of us. And, and I, I have an abundance mindset as well, where um, I just know that the brands that are coming to us and we do get a lot of male brands as well with the same same reasoning, which is kind of funny. Um, yeah. But they they just, you know, something about you know, like and trust a person through hearing them speak. And 
while speaking in general can be uncomfortable for all of us, I think we all get better at it over time with practice like this, you know? Yeah. We, we got into, there's a pretty hot discussion on the Branded by Women Clubhouse on this topic. And Danny kind of came in and was like, look, there are like societal judgments to women, but it's not necessarily like the sexism that divides the industry. And it was like a really interesting conversation hearing everyone's different viewpoints because it's obviously perceived as how you were raised in your little bubble. Like if I was raised mm. in family, but I think something that stood out and from what I've seen is to be like a definitive factor. And like what kind of Stephanie mentioned is she realized that this male boss, she had the CEO didn't know shit, but he was CEO. And <laughs> yeah. And I, <laughs> I, think I mean, he was also a queen. So he's basically a chick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> stat that kind of stood out to me is men are more likely to apply for a job that they're not qualified for. And I think anything is perpetuated in the society. It's just being raised as a kid and not seeing female entrepreneurs as often. So we have a lower confidence potentially, which causes self-perpetuating sexism because we're not willing or maybe as confident to stand up against the men in the room. So there is a divide, of course, but I don't know if it's necessarily as much men realizing they're putting down women or not Mm. trusting us, but it's us not being confident enough to stand up in the same ways as men. And Well, and women have a tend to be perfectionists as well. Like we'll overthink something to death to the point that we will immobilize ourselves. Yeah. And for a lot of times men are just like, I'll think about it later and just jump in. But I think we overthink it. We overthink it for good reason. Like I've definitely been in situations in my career where um, I felt like I wasn't heard and I'm pretty vocal, you know, and I'm, I'm pretty confident when I speak. And so I think after enough circumstances like that for any, for any woman, if you're in a male dominated space, you start to question yourself, you start to overthink things, you start to not trust your gut. And so like, I don't think men intentionally do that. I think it's a very um, unconscious thing that's happening, you know? We unconsciously live in the 1950s. <laughs> like a lot of the time we do. It's like men are just like, oh, like housework, that's a woman's job. It's like, you live here actually. Like, <laughs> you know, it's, like, yeah. it's that kind of thing. We just erase it. We're not out of that yet, even though we're in a totally different place. It's And we do it to ourselves too. It's, it's nobody's fault, really. Like, we just, everyone on this panel you know. has probably been like that type A kid that was called bossy. Like I was always the one who was like bossy instead of a leader and things like that. And I remember my first yeah. job getting pulled into a room and told I was uncoachable, even though my male counterpart was in the exact same meeting and we were fighting for the same cause. But I was the one that was pulled aside and told I was uncoachable and unmoldable. And it was just oh. like, where I'm not going to go back and say, hey, this is because of that reason. Because, you know, it may have been something that was very subconscious, but it's every single female has probably been in the space and been in those scenarios where we've subconsciously been pushed to told that we are bossy and maybe we need to listen better, which is honestly a benefit because, you know, active listening is probably one of the number one skill sets of anyone selling anything. But it, I think it definitely compounds over time. I think that's why a lot of women are opting out. They're opting out of the traditional nine to five environment because to be honest we have these skill sets and we don't need the environment we can do it from home yeah well then we almost have to because there's just too much to do in a day and it's just like who has time to be at work all day like i know no one who has time to do their makeup and hair and then go to work and do all the things like men don't have to do that raise little people (laughs) and like stuff daniela that's why i'm actively losing my hair so i don't have to. that's why why i'm like (laughs) just 
I'm telling my body, just just get rid of it. Like, you don't need that. Like, let, let's be more efficient with our day. We don't need hair. Yeah. Um, but anyway, <laughs> no, th no, those are those are fantastic points. And the reason I bring that up is because like it's something that I think like our generation, like I say ours, like nineteen, you know, seventies on, like uh, who, whoever, like I'm not gonna guess when people were born. Like I think that on people are actively trying to be more inclusive in that environment. I think it, it it's it's difficult and would no matter what environment you are in. Because like, if you're put in that situation, cause I can hear it from my own dad, he goes subconsciously or my parents, for example, if we are watching mom and dad, I'm so sorry, but you I hear it from your voice. I say, they, they go, why, why don't you think that way towards me as a guy? Like almost like an emotional thing or why do you think that way towards my sisters? And they go, because she's a girl. And I, and I said, no, that's your problem because you're thinking like, because it's a gender thing, not because if it's a, how you actually feel thing. Like I get emotional just like my sisters and uh, my bro other brothers, but because you think I'm a guy, I can just like handle it or some something like that in that capacity. Like how you certain how you think in one capacity, like you said, Destiny is like you're bossy, but then you look at it a different way. Someone is passionate and they're trying to like make a point, and like that that's the troubling factor with I think people in business. Still, it's getting better, I think, but hopefully. That, that will continue to move forward with like people in your power. You're all CEOs or partners or brand leaders, which is fantastic. And the more people see that, I think more people will be just more comfortable. And those, those kinds of phrases won't get thrown around as much, I think. Um, yeah, and I think one thing is really dangerous. If you're always being told that you're too loud and too bossy, you start to make yourself smaller than you actually am. So basically what happens, I was very loud and bossy and outgoing. And then a lot of, I got a lot of feedback like, hey, you're you're too loud for a woman, basically. So I started to be like, um, like nicer and like sweeter and like move more into that feminine kind of side of me. Yeah. But now I, I, I struggle super hard to get out of this again, because when I have a sales call, I want to sell something like I don't want to become best friends with the client or Right. Uh, I'm talking ab about like how good I look or whatever. Uh, I just want to have a business call, but I still um, like see myself in a position where I'm like not allowed to demand something from the other. Does that make sense? Like I I'm actively working on that. So I'm asking you, girl, <laughs> I say girls. <laughs> no, go ahead. No, this is, no, this, I'm, what, I'm what just did, here to sit what back did and watch. you have to, to like overcome this kind of behavior? Oh, that's so interesting. I, I, at some point, was also told that I was I had a very um, masculine energy at a certain point. Yeah. In, in my in in the tech world, where you kind of have to have a masculine energy, it kind of breeds that out of women. Like in that space, you have to morph into that. Um, and so, I, I just think that's like naturally, I have like a, a masculine and feminine side to myself. And I've like learned when is the time to tap into each side, you know? And I think that's okay that we can have both and you kind of shift depending on where this conversation is going. Um, but understanding that we're not one or the other, we're kind of, you know, we're a blend and sometimes we have more of one trait than the other. Okay. A hundred percent. I'm right there with you. I mean, we all have masculine, feminine energy, whether you are, you know, genetically a man or a woman, we, you have both and you use both when you need them. Mm -hmm. in each moment everything shifts like and if you're having if you feel yourself having a masculine energy day do the things that require that energy 
That's and the true. things that require that softer side, do those things on those days. Like you just, you can't fight you. You have to channel, which is like the whole point of my like talk next week, but like you have to channel where you're naturally living to get the most out of it. You can't try and shove it down or hide it or do any of that stuff. You just use it for right. what'll most benefit you and your business for that day. And I love that Ryan's talking about emotions because I think that that's one of the awesome phenomenons because women are having to have these difficult conversations as well. Men are now able to have these conversations about their own emotions and how they handle things. And, and it's like a beautiful thing to be able to have that. I have two brothers and I feel like the environment that maybe we grew up in didn't foster that kind of emotional intelligence or that kind of um, side to them, you know? Um, but now as adults, we're, we are having these conversations as siblings, which is kind of a beautiful thing in these times that we're in, you know? I went through a, a really similar like transformation as my like younger brother got older. And we started having these conversations around things like that and just how it's developed. And it's really interesting, the different viewpoints just as siblings uh, growing up. And like you mentioned, Ryan, it's the super small things. And that's like, I don't ever want to use feminism or sexism as an excuse for anything in the workplace. Like I don't want to sit here and say there is sexism that's held me back in the workplace. And that's why I'm like super adamant about self-perpetuating and we have to realize where we've been held back. But I do want to throw out that Christina, you mentioned this and I'm assuming that almost every single female in this space has dealt with this even in e-commerce everywhere is men will still slide into your DMS and try to do <laughs> in a corporate or in a boss, boss bitch. Family. Like people I do business with have slid into my DMS hitting on me. And that's what no. I have to deal with. That is where I will say there is still abundance of sexism in this space. I've got like inappropriate pictures in Amazon groups and it's just, uh, well, Amazon's the crew that's really tight in the Amazon space. It gets real funky in there. So yeah. <laughs> but that happens in every industry at every company everywhere. Like that was at L'Oreal. Like everyone was like sneaking away together. And I was like, what is going on around here? And it just, it's every industry, every, everywhere. Like you just can't, yeah. we're animals, you know? Is, is that a, is that a, is that a, hey, Destiny, can I pack, unpack that a little bit? Is that a power, is that a power move for people is that a thing that people do for power or is that for lack of confidence in themselves in your mind what do you think that is uh i think it's overconfidence and thinking that they have the right to send inappropriate pictures to people they don't know i've had people use linkedin as like a dating app for me mm. like thinking it's an opportunity to slide into your dms and it's like that's not okay anywhere if i know you i will joke all day long and have fun yeah, please, but yeah. like it's not acceptable anywhere in the space. I don't see that many females just like sliding in, saying inappropriate comments <laughs> to people that, well. That's because we can kind of have it whenever. <laughs> so like, that's kind of a more male dominant activity, I think. Yeah. But if, <laughs> it's, if it's unwanted, it's also a very delicate way of handling it too, you know, because you are in a business, you know, environment. And so it's for, I think for us, it, it's very uncomfortable. You know, mm -hmm. like I think for it's, men, it seems like, gross. like, no, I wasn't, I, I was just, you know, I was doing it privately. It's not like I did it publicly. You know, if we were meeting in a, after mm -hmm. a business meeting, I would have asked you for coffee, you know, like it, they, they make logic out of it. Um, yeah. mm -hmm. But it's a very uncomfortable scenario, no matter what. Yeah. Like I'm not as cool as you guys. I've never had this personally happen to me, but 
<laughs> be really awkward don't at the next event. <laughs> I'm going to speak on behalf of the group. Don't don't put that out there. Like you don't you don't want that stuff to happen. Like once also, it's out, don't okay. do it. Whoever is listening, yeah, whoever it is, yeah. I don't I don't up oh, comment. Yeah. I'm not going to see this comment. Like all right, hold on. But that's actually why I really love events like branded branded by women or in general. Look, it is <laughs> the man, yeah. the myth, the legend, Danny. Danny watch says it. it. <laughs> Danny's Danny's like the I've only had one conversation personally with Danny and Danny's like the badass like big brother that would kick your ass and I I feel protected by Danny personally I'm like watching like that looking at this I'm like I'll go I'll go to war for Danny as well so uh yeah same here the the same uh offer is on the table someone does like I will I will (laughs) have words with them as well so uh just just put that out there you guys could probably do it before myself. Like you kick their yeah, ass all you want, but I, I'm I'm right behind you. <laughs> <laughs> I will shout that out because honestly, like we're all laughing about it, and it's like a fun conversation to have. But I have 100% been in meetings where I have been made uncomfortable for my femininity, and like gotten hit it on. And it's like you're put in a position where you can't say anything because it's like it is a business situation, and you can right. you know shut it down real fast but you can't tell them to F off like in that type of scenario. And you're kind of put to be like a submissive in that portion. Maybe that again is self-perpetuated, but yeah, you can definitely tell them to F off. <laughs> but then again, that's why I work for Destiny, myself. Yeah, CEO, <laughs> you can say whatever the fuck you want. Say whatever you want. Yeah. Especially Don't if that's an employee. Everyone yeah. make you feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that, that's a great point. And we, uh, all joking aside, that is a, point that I think like society is still like personally when I see a guy do that I I look at my wife and I go that person must really feel like in like valuable to themselves to have to make other people feel that way and I think it's always a negative thing it's not a I'm I'm the shit I think it's I don't feel confident with myself therefore I must make other people not feel the same way I do or feel the same way I do so that that's why I think it comes from it's always from a negative point and those people obviously need help. I just think it's a societal thing. Like again, Destiny, like you said, where you grow up, if it's okay and they see it happening, yeah, that, that's how they grew up. It might not be their fault, but I think it's on us other guys if you know, other women and women to call that stuff out and say, like, listen, that's not common practice anymore. Cut that shit out. So anyways, yeah. So anyway, uh back to more fun topics, I should say. Um uh so in business I I should say like an e commerce world. 2020 was really strange and like I say apocalyptic because it was always like this never happens and something worse would happen. This never happens and something else happens. What is a negative thing that you as a business owner or a service provider found like a like encountered in 2020? And then how did you pivot from that and grew better uh for the future? I'll go ahead. Anyone want to start? Yeah, go ahead, Danielle. <laughs> Sorry. I saw uh, a raise so- of hands. Yes, right Daniela. When COVID, yeah. Right when COVID hit, we um, we had opted out of going to Expo West. We we typically go, um, and if you don't know what that is, it's a CPG conference where a lot of um, better for you products go and and demonstrate their products in real life, um, or what used to be conferences. Um, and so we had already solidified all of our contracts that were coming in and all of our previous clients that were resigning and almost instantly everyone needed to stay cash liquid because they didn't know what was going to happen um, with their funds. And so almost everyone backed out of contracts and we, you know, and then Expo West announced that they weren't even going to, you know, operate that year. Um, 
And so as a business, we were kind of terrified. We were losing all of our income almost immediately. Um, and, uh, and I was stuck in another country and I'm just thinking, what is the world like melting? What's happening, you know? And so I realized we had also been turning away a lot of business because we were using our traditional agency model, um, you know, doing retainers every month. And when I really started to think about it, um, we weren't like operating in a, in a zone of genius. We weren't like, super happy with what, or I wasn't super happy with what we were building in terms of, um, I was very limited in time, uh, in my personal time, um, running this business, growing this business. And um, when I really started to think about why we were turning away the business, the business was the clients that we actually really wanted to help. It was the smaller emerging brands who didn't have the money to work with agencies that were charging five, 10K a month so or more. And so, um, we basically realized, well, all these companies need the same thing. They just need to get from point A to point B, and then we're going to find them the help that they need, whether it's an agency or whether it's another service provider. Um, they're at the very early stages. That's most of the brands that come to us, right? And so um, we productize our business, and um, we were offering that as a side offer, but we had never published it on our website. And so almost immediately when we lost our contracts, um, I pivoted, uploaded that to our site, and within a matter of a few weeks, we had not only regained all the business, um, we had within like two, we had regained the business in three weeks. And then within like two or three months, we had like tripled our business. So um, awesome. we definitely were able to just like lean into that a little bit and understand what is going on in the marketplace and how do we still service these brands that now more than ever need our help, you know? Awesome. Yeah. And Daniela, that, that brings to a point. Uh, let me have, you've heard of Amazon Launchpad, correct? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I, right. I don't, do you guys take advantage of the new program that Amazon's doing by chance or that I say new, it's a year or two new. So Launchpad, we've had clients that have, that have done it and um, I've heard mixed reviews, so we don't okay. necessarily push it um, okay. because it's not, it's not, well, I don't, I don't know enough details to actually like yeah, see one way or the what, other, so, but yeah. I, I, the I've reason I bring that up, I heard it in the vendor contracts. I've heard stories of them now doing seller central, which is fine. Um, we've yeah. had a client that, you know, we were able to scale 10 X and, and Launchpad did like one day, a one day blip for them. So it's like, and then you're locked into paying them a commission. So I think that there's, for there's pros year. and there's cons, there's mixed reviews. And I wish I could just hundred percent tell you that it's amazing. No, it's okay. I went through a presentation on it last night. That's why it's, I'm staring at the presentation right now. So that, that's why it brought to mind. I was like, it, it seems cool in theory, like a plus plus content and other stuff that you can obviously do yourself, but it's for brands getting started on Amazon. But um, yeah, I was curious on your thoughts since you help brands get started and go on Amazon. What, uh, I've, what I've seen in that process is that they're giving these brands the tutorials to do it. They're not necessarily doing it for you. Right. So. Exactly. They don't tell you how to do it. It's like, and then you're paying you, a commission for it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Same's not for you, right? <laughs> how, how can we get more of your money? Let's let's go. Let's call it. Honestly, call it if that. Amazon's offering the service, or or Destiny knows about right advertising, away. Amazon will do uh, advertising for you, right? Destiny, but they'll charge oh. you what thirty thousand dollars plus. Destroyed my a cost. Increase all your bids. Ooh. You're out of budget. Increase everything. Go mm -hmm. up. Go up. Yeah, exactly. You need two dollars. Yeah. Get that branding content and go put it up. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, for anyone else, did you have like, do you mind sharing like your uh, over overcome like 2020 stories that you would be willing to share? Like how it's either pivoted yourself or your business to something better? 
Thanks for showing yeah, that, Danielle, my, by the way. All of my um, orders and shipments and everything, as most of us went through, um, got delayed a really long time. So instead of launching the brand in the beginning of the year, it ended up not being able to be produced, shipped out and delivered until like September. But having seven months of time gave me the opportunity to really, really, really build a great brand, a brand story, a brand language, you know, find the right social media marketing. Like it was, it was really a great opportunity to hone in on exactly what the brand is, exactly who I'm going after, the story, like everything about it. And it just so happened that the world was melting. <laughs> and it was like literally oh it my was melting God. in like, Australia. The whole it started off. Is like like stress less, smile more. Like these are everyday products that you can use that give you relief from life's worst moments, you know in five to 10 minutes. And it's like, that ended up being like the whole brand. So it went from like, oh my God, I can't get product. Oh my God, I'm making no money. Oh my God, oh my God, to like, now I have this kick-ass brand and a complete portfolio for it. And like, everything just kind of was easy to integrate. That's awesome. And, and it's, it's, it is launched or is it going to be launched? Like I know in your- No, it's launched. It's launched I mean, yeah, I'm okay. shut down for a lot of things right now, but it's, <laughs> it's launched. <laughs> Might as well not be launched. Yeah, exactly. Gosh, is it available Amazon on Amazon again. Yeah. Uh, yes. But I, I usually like kind of retarget you to go to Amazon from Shopify um, mm. because of that. I want the clicks going that way. But uh, yeah, I was day four into launching like two of my biggest, most expensive products. And they were like, that's the five. I'm like, cool. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, I can't imagine. It'll so how, yeah. It'll how do, be how do gone you, in a couple of days. So, so where do you pivot from there? Do you mind if I ask since you're a brand owner, where do you pivot? Is it like complaining to Amazon? Like what, what's that relationship like with Amazon? Because technically they can shut you down at any moment. Like, do you pivot in a different direction on a different marketplace like Shopify? Or do you say like, no. listen, like Amazon, I you need Shopify. to help me out. I have Etsy. I have, you know, whatever else, but Amazon has the most eyeballs. So that's where the focus needs to stay. Um, sure. You'll make the most money, even though you put up with the most crap and that's okay. Um, but you know, you have to go through appeals. It's good to build your network, right? It's good to have people in your corner who, you know, can help. Um, and networking is all part of that conversation. You need to be involved in our community. You'll find the right people. You'll get the right references. I have somebody who I refer out to a lot of people who helps me reinstate any kind of shutdowns or like suspensions or anything like that where he worked for Amazon for a long time and he'll write up an appeal and I usually get back up and running within a few days. So um, I was on the phone with seller support and brand support. I figured out the exact reason why the listings were removed and then I reached out to him to handle it from there and every he'll appeal it and it should go through in a few days. So it's really no big deal. It's just like Boo, I gave away 60 products for no reason and I have to start over. And that's not the worst thing that can happen on Amazon, so it's fine. Gotcha. These are the things that, that you don't know about when you are when you hear these stories of people like Stephanie who, have, who are doing an incredible job on Amazon um, and you, you glamorize it a little bit because it is freaking amazing, you know? But 
the day to day is, you know, if it's not one thing or another, it's, it's little <laughs> things that you have to put out, you know? Yeah. And that's, our, it's all right. Cause like the first time it happens when you're new, it's the worst day ever every time something happens. You're like, oh my God, what am I gonna do to survive? Like everything falls apart because you're yeah. in a crap load of debt and you just took this chance. You don't know where to turn. But like, once you get used to it, you're just like, ah, shit, it's another day. Like I woke up this morning and like my shipment said it was delivered on the 17th. My freight forwarder just told me it was delivered two days ago. And I'm like, really? Cause it's not here. So where yeah. did you send it? And like, I, it's fine. Like you have to just get over it. It's gonna be okay. Like my biggest piece of advice to anyone in the Amazon space, it's gonna be okay. Or any entrepreneur <laughs> in general. That's great advice. Yeah. Oh my God, it's every day. There's some thing that's just ruining your life and it's just like, eh, it'll be all right. <laughs> I, I, know, I know we're at time, but if you guys don't mind just sticking around maybe a few more minutes that we just like cap or if there's other questions that you guys wanna talk about. I know this is about Brandon for Women event. Again, in the ticker, in the comments and show notes, go and sign up. Uh, I'm, I'm going to sign up myself so I can just like get access to listen to all the knowledge that these women are throwing my way um, just to absorb it. So I can take my game to the next level. I don't sell on Amazon, but if I did, I would apply that instantaneously. But uh, anyways, uh, so when, when all of you are talking about like mindset, like uh, again, moving forward, what is kind of that, where, where does e-commerce go from here? Like we, we saw it grow five times. Like we maybe saw it speed up. Again, everyone uses the term five years, like in 2020, everyone sees it now, not as a luxury, but as a necessity. And that's why I ask people of like, once you become, once you have seen e-commerce become a necessity, that's when the game starts changing dramatically. Like no matter what industry you're in, if it becomes a necessity, then that's when you can start to really scale your business just like how retail was or is, I guess, in this fact, what, where, where do, where does e-commerce go from here? Like, is it international for us sellers? Is it, is it diversification? Is it just other marketplaces? Where does it go in 2021 and beyond? That's so Anyone interesting. Want to take I, I think that a lot of brands that maybe discounted Amazon or had the negative viewpoints of Amazon, are now you know shifting over and realizing it's it's a must. You have to, um, and uh, I'm actually in Peru right now, so I have a unique experience of seeing uh, what life is like without being able to you know buy now when I need to. Um, and it's accelerated e-commerce even here in this country where Amazon doesn't isn't really the number one provider. You know, so um, seeing businesses who were who are still operating in this country via WhatsApp chats and doing transactions with like typing in a, a bank number to do a bank transfer. Like that's the norm here. It's like 10 cumbersome steps in order to make an online purchase and have it delivered to your house. Um, but seeing all of these businesses, even here in this country being forced to figure out a better solution to get people the products they need during this type of pandemic is incredibly eye-opening. Um, and it also shows you the, the privilege and the luxury we have in the States to be able to click a button and get things via Amazon. So. Um, I think it's it's interesting to see um, the progression that's happening and to understand that there is um, diversification that's needed, right? Like if 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 the world shuts down again tomorrow, like how are you going to de-risk your business? Um, if Amazon completes you completely shuts you down for months, Stephanie, like how are you going to de-risk your business and figure out like how to diversify 
um, so many brands were so reliant on brick and mortar, you know, and those brands are hurting today. You know, they're, they're completely forced to, to figure out an online strategy. So um, online strategy is a must, but also diversifying within the online strategy is a must. Great point. Christina, do you have any uh, thoughts on that? Uh, I 100% agree with Daniela. Um, I also think that internationalization will become more and more of a thing for a lot of sellers because if you're doing great on Amazon.com, you could maybe absolutely crush it on Amazon uh, Europe. But a lot of people or a lot of sellers are still hesitant because there are some hurdles to it, especially... I don't know if you want, I'm in Germany, by the way. So if you want to enter the German market, there's a lot of bureaucracy involved. Uh, the EU has guidelines on basically everything. So if the FDA or whatever agency approves your product in the US, you can be sure you have to run 100 further tests in order to get started on Amazon Europe. But if you figure that out, I mean, and that's the beauty of having your own business, right? As you said before, like putting out fires, finding new ways to make more sales, then it can be absolutely next level. And I think um, because there are also so many content creators and influencers who are popular on a global level, let's take James Charles, this makeup artist. He uses products that people in Germany want to buy and you can only get it on amazon.com. And then people here are like, yeah, we, but we demand this. I also want to have that moisturizer or whatever. So it's a huge, it can be a huge game changer to also further diversify which marketplaces you're selling and in which countries. So I think this is where, where e-commerce will be going more internationally. Hopefully Amazon makes it more turnkey, you know, yeah. they need to figure yeah. out how to remove well. those hurdles. Yeah. yeah. That's definitely I a mean, thing that, that, that we see at Sermondo, for example, because I have the insight of what sellers are looking for, what kind of service providers, what they need. And especially during 2020 now with the pandemic going on, we got so many inquiries from USers who wanted to get started on uh, Europe. And that's why, for example, we have selected certain service providers who can, we can just refer the clients to and say, okay, he's our go-to guy. This is our go-to agency. They will help you launch. Uh, they will refer you to warehouses, free PLs. They will guide you through the whole legal processes. Um, and then you're set. But obviously it would also be a good thing if Amazon would like step in and also offer that themselves. Right, one more thing that would be awesome if Amazon did, I'm gonna tribute George Reed to this, um, but he had this idea of like how awesome it would be if Amazon would launch a local badge to kind of counter yeah. the, the negative opinions of, of different sellers on Amazon. But if you knew like, well, this is, this is a Chinese seller versus like this is someone from, you know, yeah. Kentucky or, you know, like that's awesome. that in itself would be so awesome for people to see the transparency behind who are these, where are these people coming from? They're real human beings. I mean, know? they already do, they already do that because they put the seller's, you know, address on there. Yeah. So you might as well highlight even further, like on right. the storefront. Like, go a step further and make it a badge, you know? I think can I add, can I add something to that? Yeah. Um, because we talked about the bad reputation that Amazon has with a lot of people before, right? And in Germany, it's really extreme. Like all the people are saying uh, that they're destroying the inner cities because all the brick and mortar stores will go. But I think, okay, if I go to the shopping street, the main shopping street, it's only H&M and Zara and Pimpy <laughs> anyway, so whatever. Uh, but anyway, uh, actually, there's a party that wants to have like more taxes for e-commerce businesses than traditional businesses. So the traditional businesses 
uh, don't run out of business, which I think is an insane thing because if you just don't adapt to new technologies and what the customer wants, you will lose anyway, eventually. So I think what Daniela said is a really, really good point. If you could like prove to the people that buying on Amazon is not just fueling capitalism and um, giving money to a company that underpays their, their workers, but instead it's a company that gives people jobs and gives uh, smaller shops exposure to more and more clients, it would be a wonderful thing. Another direction- And I honestly- Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to piggyback off that real quick. I think it's the direction they're going to go because kind of my prediction is more customization. We're already seeing, you know, geography and where your localization of the states have an effect on the buy box. So if they have that badge, you could know you could potentially get, you know, their last mile, maybe like that yeah. your shipping things like that. So if they have that badge also tied to your shipping times, it would make the race to the last mile be a little bit quicker if they started moving supply chain in that direction anyway. So it's like really symbiotic with everything else they're doing. Why not add it in? Yeah. Maybe like also a greenest option, you know, because a lot of people are emphasizing so much. Yeah. In they definitely have that. I would, I would rather like buy a charger that is already here in Germany and from a retail store here in Germany than a charger that is has to be shipped from China like directly to my house. So I think that would also be an interesting thing, like sustainability and uh, locality. They do that so they're rolling out, they're, yeah, they're rolling out like sustainability um, programs for sellers where you can go through certain certifications and sign up if you have like sustainable goods, packaging, oh, like stuff. Like, yeah, so that's that's in the process now. But to piggyback off of what you said about like people's thought process on like brick and mortar stores, if they were going anywhere, Amazon wouldn't have just opened a million four-star <laughs> ups brick and mortar stores. Like That's, it's still happening. It's just yeah. that you need to be able to adapt as a main retailer and say like, hey, we don't carry this in stock anymore, but you know, you can buy it online at checkout and it'll be at your house in two days or whatever. Like West Elm does it. And you know what I mean? They're they're still open, they're still thriving because they have staged goods and then they ship to your house from online. So it's like, yeah. you know, you gotta adapt with the times. That's how it I'll is. be so pissed if like <laughs> they increase our taxes. Yeah, they want to like usually we have nineteen percent and they want to increase it like not day, it's just one party. They want to increase it to twenty-five for like online stores and just 19 for the brick and mortar stores. I think that's insane. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. talk. I guess, I guess my final thought before we wrap up real quick, uh, the big topic that I always see with my guests is the aggregator space in terms of like quote rollups or people that are like a Thrasia who are raising billions of dollars in investments, um, so on and so forth. Can I get all your all's take good thing or bad thing for the Amazon community with companies who are just, who are either buying brands or they are building out their own teams to like, in terms of the service world that they can either pivot and have their own team of people doing something very similar or that they are just, you know, they're good for the space of bringing more light to e-commerce in general, and they're going to make other people pivot, innovate and grow. Do you guys see that? Good for the founders. I think it's good for the sellers. What, what do you say? Because, like, um, because Thrasio is buying 
brands. That's what I'm I mean by founders. I have yeah. every intention of selling this brand. Mm-hmm. Like I built it off the idea of selling it. Right. And Thrasio is a great place to go. You know, we all know at least one person that's within the Thrasio community. Like, it's just such a great go-to for, you know, either consulting or advice or a potential buyer or whatever the case is, just knowing that people like that are out there make it a lot more comfortable for people like me who then say, oh, I have the confidence that I will be able to sell this business in two years. And it's not that revolutionary. It's like what P&G, you know, EPC, all these brands are doing. They're just being a catalyst and basically, you know, targeting a newer demographic, taking bigger bets. So that's what's really cool. Um, I think it's going to be harder as they scale to handle all the different systems and processes that are tied in because we all know just how much goes into an e-commerce business. But I think it's cool. I think it'll be great. I think it'll put a little bit of pressure on, you know, sellers, more vendors coming into the space and they're asked having more backing in this space to do a better job, but pressure makes diamonds. So I like it. <laughs> I also yeah. think that it's for it's good for the whole image of selling on Amazon. As Stephanie said before, some people don't take you seriously when you say you're an Amazon seller, but now that people see that you can build a real brand, a real business off of it and sell it for a couple of millions, uh, people are saying, all right, this seems to be a really good thing to make money off. So yeah, maybe in the perception of people, it will get like a, a way better, more serious, more serious image. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I know I've already taken 12 more minutes, 13 more minutes now of your time that I told you I'd do today. I would love to have each of you on individually. So as friends of the show now, because I, everyone who's a guest is a friend of the show now, you're all more welcome to one-on-one and now just tout like whatever the hell you want to talk about because like sharing time, I know like is fantastic. I love this format because I get all these different perceptions and we get to bounce ideas off each other. But also I want to make sure I give you guys more props individually and just go a little bit deeper into your thought on Amazon. Perspective is big for me. So I always want to get individualized perspective. So thank you so much each and every one of you, Christina, Destiny, Daniela, and Stephanie for hopping on today. It's fantastic just to get to like pick your brain and listen to amazing women just crushing it, not just on e-commerce, but you know, business in general and just saying, fuck the rest. I'm going to do my own thing. And again, like I'm going to, dang it, whoever started me on this like cursing journey, I think it's you. Once the floodgates are open, man, it's, uh, it's bad, but, uh, but no, um, but it, I, I honestly, I want to also give a shout out to, again, Danny, for doing this yeah. event. I think it's fantastic. Even though, like, us as a company are not a sponsor, we are here to 100% like empower this kind of event. And me as a partnerships person, I always need to push people, like, events like this to help people grow and expand and, like, just get more knowledge in, in space in general. And it's free. So you can't really go wrong with that. Uh, or you can obviously upgrade to the VIP package, which I would also suggest doing if there is such a thing. So, Thank you so much for each of you spending your time uh, and effort in your Friday with me today. Um, so thank you again for everyone uh, joining me. Thank you. Thanks Ryan. for having us, Ryan. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, again, this is uh, Crossover Commerce. Everyone, thank you for tuning in. This is uh, number one of two I'm doing today, live sessions. I'm going to have uh, Marketology on here later today. Um, we're going to be talking about building your brand in general. Uh, so I'm really excited to talk with Andrew Morgan's of Marketology. But again, if you liked what you uh, heard, give us in the comment or uh, tag us in the comments below if you're watching on social media live, LinkedIn, YouTube, 
uh, Twitter, uh, tweet at us, or just don't at me, uh, but go ahead and make sure, give us your thoughts. Uh, if you want to reach out directly, go ahead and message us about who you want to see on the show, what insights that you heard that you don't agree with, or you do agree with, and you want to just um, make sure that you understand further. I'll make sure I connect you with one of the amazing women. Their websites are actually in the show notes below. So make sure you give them a shout out, uh, connect with them on social media and follow them as well. I'm Ryan Kramer with Crossover Commerce. Tune in again later today at 3 p.m. Eastern. I will be going live one more time on Friday just to cap off the weekend of six live shows I've been doing this week. I appreciate the women that came on this panel today. We're going to do more of this for sure um, in the future, but go ahead and tune in next time for Crossover Commerce for episode 62. Thanks so much for watching today and uh, be safe out there, everyone.